Welcome Black Hollywood Life fans. On today's Fit Club, we talk diet blindness, a 73-year-old gives birth, and more with actress and comedian Jill Michelle Million. Stay tuned. You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. Welcome, Fit Clubbers. We are back. As always, my name is Shaka Smith, and I'm joined by my lovely guest co-host, Miss Renella Ferrer. Hello, hello, What's hello. up? You may have seen her on E's Revenge Body. Yes. And, of course, we are joined by my lovely guest, uh, Miss Jill Michelle Millian. Hello. Hola, everybody. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> you may recognize her from Mad TV or Reno 911, yes. and she is one of the fittest comedians out there. Yes. And so she is going to give us a little bit of rundown of what she goes through and how she's kept together through all the years. But we're going to talk about some great stories and kind of dig in there. And one of the first ones um, is a little troubling. It's about a teenage guy who has gone blind after eating Pringles, white bread, and French fries <laughs> and um, slices of processed ham and sausage. So, I mean, like you guys, I laughed a little bit. And like, then oh my you're God. like, oh, that's Wait, bad. Yeah. Yeah. How did that, how is, a pr- why are we blaming Pringles? Where did that come from? It, so, it, it's crazy. In University of Bristol, they um, actually printed this in the Annals of Internal Medicine. So, it's not just like a news story. Oh. This is in a journal, <laughs> the whole deal. Right. Um, he, at 14 years old, had just been subsisting off of this type of food. You know, he'd go to these local fish and chips in the UK, and he said he always had the, the French fries there, you know, mm-hmm. never the fish. But And then he went for the processed met hams and um, sausages, and so he goes in at 14, and normal BMI, um, normal height, no malnutrition, but low B12 and anemia. Okay. Comes okay. in a year later, they say, all right, just kind of improve those. Comes in a year later, um, a little bit of hearing loss and vision loss. That's when I'd have been like, the alarms yeah. are blaring. Yeah. That would have been it to me. Uh, but again, they didn't see anything that would that could pinpoint, but by 17, he's blind, irreversible, suffered from low copper, low selenium, had high zinc, um, low vitamin B12, and low bone, um, um, bone density. And he says 100% that that was his diet. He didn't take anything that else. Was, that and was, that, and it was, it's called nutritional optic neuropathy. Wow. So, I didn't even know that that could happen. You can go blind from food. From, yeah, from bad diet. Well, I know bad diet causes a lot of diseases, but... Uh, I, Blindness. This Blindness, is, I didn't really know And so yeah. it happens in a lot of countries where people are malnourished. Mm. Um, it'll also happen if, you know, if you have a particular gut disease that you can't uh, uh, absorb so nutrients. So, you know, in the U.S. and in the U.K., you That's probably different. don't even think about things like this. Mm-hmm. So here, this guy is subsisting on this, and it's 17, so it's really like right. blind yeah. at 17 just for something so preventable. Right. You know? um, Diet-wise, like... What have you sort of, have you had any nutritional deficiencies that you've had to overcome? And then how did you address those? Yes, actually, this is is a great story because uh, no doctors are like, "Mm," about it. But, um, like, about five years ago, my thyroid started being all crazy. I got my levels back, and they're like, you have hyperthyroidism. Like, what the hell is that? And did you? (laughs) Years ago. Yeah. Well, I, I actually, this is the greatest story. I'm so happy you brought this up. Because uh, they gave me a pill, and I had to take it the same time every day on an empty stomach. Well, I forget. Like, and oh, of course. Yes. You know, and you're busy. You do things. I was right. like, this is ridiculous. So I started looking at my diet. And I went, what do I overeat on? And it was sushi. And look, we have the Pacific Ocean, Japan, with the, the, you know, all of this, the tsunami, all this stuff. So I I just said, let me take out fish out of my diet. Because I was already vegetarian. I was like pescatarian. And um, so I took fish out of my diet. And three months later, I go back from my checkup. And she goes, okay, all your levels look good. Just keep doing your pill. And I said, 
well, guess what? And I was so excited. <laughs> like, I haven't been taking yes, the pill. I go, I haven't been taking the pill. She stopped. She was with her clipboard. She stopped. She looked up at me, and she walked out of the room. She didn't even say, that's amazing, that's awesome. She completely just left. And I went, oh, my gosh, they want us to be dependent on these things, and our diet can really fix stuff. Yeah. So the fish, yeah. all that mercury and all that stuff, it, kind, it leveled me out. So now I'm just, well, now I'm 100% vegan, but at that time I just became uh, um, vegetarian. Yeah. And then I noticed that dairy, uh, what the complications with dairy, and then I pulled that out, and actually my energy went up. And depression mm. went away. Yeah. That was a really interesting thing Ooh. because I suffer from that because, you know, we're in Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> I mean, even if you're not in Hollywood, I think it's just kids these days, the internet. Yeah. Well, yeah, the internet, yes. right? Social yeah. media. We see yeah. it all now, so yeah. it can yeah. have those triggers. Totally. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Ooh, um, that's crazy. But I, to know, what, what are they doing with Pringles? Are they suing? What are they, yeah, or what are they doing? Well, I mean, I think it's just that with having all these bad these bad things at once, you know, and I'm sure it was in excess. Oh so if that's your diet between zero and like 17, yeah, I mean, I would expect to go blind. But I think we don't, we don't look at our diet enough. You know, we have these right. symptoms Imagine and they're like, oh. happened for Cheetos? Uh, <laughs> well, I, I have a feeling you guys. Takis? I think you could substitute in the Cheetos or Takis. I don't think it was the Pringles was the magic blindness ingredient. Just processed, processed stuff, But we don't look to our diet at all. And again, like he went in and they're going, oh, you have low this, low that, low that. Supplement, supplement, supplement. Yeah. You're, you're not thinking, wait a minute, the diet is something that needs to be changed immediately to get those nutrients. Right. So I, I, hopefully that's a cautionary tale for us all yeah. to really look to that first, you know? Absolutely. Have you guys ever done raw, like just completely raw? I tried it, lasted two days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I didn't even know what a raw vegan diet is. You know what? Actually, I technically have tried raw. I wouldn't say I've never yeah. tried it, but there was, when I was dieting for competition, mm-hmm. I tried like smoothie diets. So yeah. I guess my smoothie diet was technically raw, and that was great. Well, raw's the when um, it's we're straight from source where it's not compromised yeah. so it can't be mixed or frozen or anything like that it's like literally like from the garden to your mouth oh no so I did so, frozen I did frozen fruit for the okay. for the smoothies so but, that's uh, I, th- I agree I think that's yeah. great like I always tell people when I'm training them if they need to like kick right. starts I mean, I'm like just do a smoothie day just yeah. do a smoothie day just don't go over a certain amount of calories and you're, right. you're good see just I did to, it for like 7 days or like 10 see, days I tried yeah. that yeah, yeah, and you too. didn't like it well coming from a person that eats still meat unfortunately I was trying to transition, and then it lasted two days because I was going on this twenty-day uh, raw vegan diet. Oh wow! Yeah, and it lasted. I, I tried. <laughs> oh 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 oh! I was like, what happened by day ten? Yeah, oh no, like, it, it lasted two. two. Oh, okay. I mean, I did it every other day, and I was like, no, I'm starting over again. I still have the stuff, the the herbal stuff, but I have to start over again. <laughs> it's a work in progress. But yes. you know, I think if you were like, you know, this poor boy was already seeing symptoms of weird things going on. I mean, you would hope that the doctor, the first thing would say, like, look at your diet. Because I always feel, too, like, I love my French fries. I love, like, you know, bad things here and there, you know. But then I also know, too, like, if something's going on with my body, like, I love sushi. Like, crazy. But something's going on, I'm like, all right, I'd rather do that and be strict about that than have to be dependent on a pill for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then the pill has other side effects and blah, blah, blah. Mm. So I made a logical explanation in my brain. So it like trained my brain and therefore it wasn't that hard to do. And, and you, yeah. you knew that that was the connection. I yeah. think a lot of us are like, oh, problem, fix it. We're not like, wait a minute. 
I'm ingesting something that's causing this problem right. or not ingesting the right things that are causing this right. problem. Uh, so, I don't know. We're, we're going to need that cautionary tale. Right? <laughs> there should got to be a cure for that. Reversible. Well, if you guys are looking for motivation, actually, I know you two do, don't lack in motivation at all. But if you're looking for extra motivation, they say tracking exercise um, is more effective with competition. Um, and so yeah. the, this study... 602 overweight and obese people, and they put them in different groups, competition, uh, competition group, the control group, and the different rewards group. And they found the competition group, and they did steps. So the versus the control group, the competition group did 920 steps more, and the different rewards group did 600 steps more. Mm-hmm. But more than that, three months after the study was over, the competition group did 600 more steps, while the control group and the, and the um, different rewards group didn't do anything. Right. Mm. So, but you know what? Yeah. I was going to say, that's actually true, because I'm actually currently doing this boot camp class. And I think part of the reason why I like going there is because the coach, um, it's for Ultimate uh, Athlete Boot Camp, and he makes us compete. But he also does it to, obviously, I'm like still, everyone's like been doing that for like two, three years. And I'm like the unfit person that's always in the last when we go running. So he puts me. I know that feel. I've been there. there So I mean, it's only been like a month and a half. But in my mind, because I feel like I'm competitive, I want to keep going and going. And then at the end of it, I hate it every time before I start because I get scared of the stuff that he has us doing. Like he makes us run, see who goes first. (laughs) And it's like in my mind, I'm like, no, I got got this, I can do this. Mm. But at the end of the class, in my head, I'm like, gosh, I was next to those fit people. Like, yeah. just like I'm sitting here next to you guys. It's like, if they could do it, I can do it, obviously, at my certain level of, you know, health yeah. or yeah. fitness. But it's it's true. I think it helps, though, because it makes me want to go more and more. Yeah. So. I, I, I do like, I like um, personal competitive competitions with mm-hmm. myself, and mm-hmm. I also do that with each individual client because I also know that we're all different Right. Ranges. Everybody's right. so different. Yeah. That's why, like, when the keto came out, I'm just like, yeah, fine, it's fine. But you really have to be specific on you, who you are, right. and form that diet for who you yeah. are. Um, so competitive for me, I have little mon- mini competitions with myself <laughs> all the time. Right. You know, we were even talking, yeah. and now he's, like, giving me another one before. And he's like, mm-hmm. I get up at 5 a.m., and I've accomplished everything by, by 9. And I'm like, damn it, I'm going to do that, you know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, it's, he's, uh, yeah, it's great. But, no, for sure. I think it, it does sure. help. It also de- depends on the person. I think there's some people out there that definitely wants better for themselves. And if they get to your mind, then that does help yeah because yeah. so, and, and then seeing other people like do it too it helps like even for us at revenge body when we do our every sunday we do a workout with leon at Gloveworks, and we like the good thing is we're all kind of like in the same fitness level yeah. Yeah. but to see my other cast i'm like dude i'm on season one and they're on season three and i'm still here i should suppose i'm supposed yeah. to be here and have a six-pack right now <laughs> and it's like a, it's a friendly competition it's yeah. not like a yeah right. not malicious or but anything it like makes that. you yeah. feel more motivated and pushes yourself more you totally know? i think that's why group fitness is so yeah. great yeah. that people in group fitness could get this like fit family i call it mm-hmm. yeah. where it's a camaraderie which you're all like pushing each other and push because if you're like by yourself you notice that those people that are like doing Weights by themselves or on the treadmill, they're on their phone, they're yeah. taking yeah. selfies, yeah. Yeah. you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now, we have all these distractions, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so, this was in JAMA, um, the Journal of JAMA Internal Medicine. And right now, behavioral science is a really big thing. And so, if you're not into the competitive thing, they say 
losing rewards is actually more motivational than gaining rewards. So they they did uh, part of the study was also giving um, participants seventy points at the beginning of the week, and if they didn't make their workout, they lost ten points. Mm. Uh, then they also did one where you were you all started off in the silver group, and if you didn't make your workout, you went to the bronze group, or if you made the workout, you went to the platinum group. Now losing status motivated people more than gaining status. So that's another thing that might help motivate you or your group of friends that are trying to trying to work Mine out. Mine is um, ours is if you um, skip like a, make a left turn instead of a right. If the coach tells you, okay, use your right foot first and you use your left, he makes me do like five uh, up downs. And then if you miss again, you do another ten like up downs. So that's my motivation. <laughs> I'm like, like hell, I'm not doing that. That's my motivation. I'm not missing that step again. But I, I that's actually a really good study though because I. I've said that even with when you're training children <laughs> or Which adults, we all are at some point. <laughs> I feel like that. But think about it: like every all these kids have iPads and iPhones and all this kind of stuff. But if you took that away, yeah. Then they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna listen. Right. If you just keep giving them things and rewarding them yeah. constantly, they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, whatever. But if you go, uh, uh-uh, uh, give it to me, you know, they're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like then it just shifts something. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them will punch you in the face, but <laughs> right. you know, because you learn to live without right. too. If it's like too right. hard, like, I'll yeah. give you a Nintendo if you do ten workouts, and the second workout's too tough. You're like, do I need that Nintendo? Yeah, Not really. Yeah. 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 Right. I wish we could do that with men. I'm like, I will not give you. But they're like, no, let me find another one. <laughs> It's L.A. It's so L.A. <laughs> oh, right. Well, it may be L.A., but you have plenty of time, Ronella, because there is a lady in India who recently gave birth oh at God. 73. She gives so, me hope. She gives me hope. I don't That's want you to think the window is closing. Um, I'm telling you, nowadays, like, um, the health, I told people this. I was just telling people this, like, not too long ago. I'm like, I wish us as women, we have a longer time span to have children, because men can have children any age, any time, yeah, yeah. at the end of the day. And it's like, it sucks because you see, like, especially, like, celebrities who are single still, like, in their 40s, 50s, or whatever, and then now they have to, like... Um, and these women, they're, like, in their 50s job. look amazing. Yeah. J-Lo. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Hello. You know? Oh so it's like, there should... I'm so glad that that's happened in, in India. Yeah. Obviously, she's probably eating healthy. I wonder so, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> probably healthy. But I don't hair, know. Right? Who, why would you even want children well, at that age? You yeah. have no <laughs> well, here's the thing. So it's, her name is Aramadi Mangayama. And her husband, E. Roger Rao, who's 80. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> so, wow. Gives so they, me hope. They, want, you know, they had been married since 1962. No, no kid. Been trying. Never had. Um, <gasps> it's and, their first time. And so, first time. And so the doctor said, look, I'll, she meets all the requirements for the IVF. I'll do just one round. What? And on the first round, you know, she gets the, um, she gets the twins. <sighs> and so he says she's very confident now. She's more confident than ever in her life. Oh, my and God. And she's looking forward to the next chapter of her life with the kids. I thought, don't your eggs go bad or is that a myth? Just to get them frozen, um, is that? How does you, that work with yeah. IVF? I don't know. I have, we I have did, to find I did, that did, out. We have to. Because they, they, they take yeah. out your eggs, right? Maybe she just had some... She must... And well, the she, guy, too. Yeah. Well, I'm, maybe, I'm, I'm sure they yeah. use a sperm, but I'm saying, like... But, but I thought the eggs but, at some point were just gone, done, right? But and then I thought, too, a sperm with men, too. Like, it's like... Well, they're not as great, but what you 
<laughs> We're all confused. Wait, wait. I, I know it's sperm. Your sperm quality goes down, but you can obviously still have kids. Oh, you can. Yeah, yeah. You oh, can. oh, oh yeah. Okay. Men in their nineties still have kids. See, but so. that's my point. Yeah, yeah. But the sperm mm. quality goes down. The increase of like birth defects are up. You know. Okay. But it's still and these possible. kids are okay. As far as we know right now, the kids are fine. The wow. kids are fine. I mean, fine, I, I so. would hope to like you never know. She may live a hundred something. But nowadays, I, that's a, that's a Guinness World of Records. Yeah. Well, that's what we were talking about before the show. It's like I feel like we're in that generation that mm-hmm. we could all be living to 140, 150. Yeah. So right. 73 Ooh, may not be. Lord. I mean, but we don't I know. I want to look good. <laughs> I want to look like this forever. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> we'll get maybe a little bit sexier, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But do we think there's any cruelty here at 73 and 80? I, I, I just I feel bad for the children. That's mainly yeah. now. You think about it because like when they're twenty, when your parents are coming to your games or you know, yeah. coming that to like, all depends yeah. on the health of the parents. Yeah, yeah. you know, because yeah. I mean, I've I've met like some seventy year olds who still I I'm, I remember this man. He's still single and he's seventy. Never been married. Never don't want to have kids. Just broke up with his girlfriend. And I was like, he, he said, you know, he didn't want to call his on girlfriend. to the next <laughs> seventy. <laughs> on to the next. And he's still yeah. like jumping and jiving. Yeah. And I was like, so it all depends. And that's what I'm saying. It's all now. Nowadays, there's healthy food. Everyone's going right. vegan and organic, so yeah. Yeah. you never know what that how that's going to affect our life. Our idea is mm-hmm. completely changing. In what's like possible 20, 30 when, years, and, yeah. and people are mixing with like you know jeans, yeah. and it could be a different and, thing. And I think because also too, I was talking with my father about this because I I'd recently met a 60 year old man that I was like, oh he's so cute, and then I found out he was 60. I was like, that's like my dad's age. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god. So you said yes. No? So no, like just can't. So, like it's my dad. My dad would be friends with him. Oh, that's weird. Like. <laughs> We're at this stage where we can date you or your dad. So. Yeah, <laughs> you better. <laughs> That's so true. But, but I was I brought it up to him. I was like, Dad, guess what happened? And he goes, he goes, I think it's the water. And he talks like this. I think it was the water. And I'm like, I think you're right, because their water back then was really bad. And everyone and we're like all like you said, organic. We're right. having oh, eating oh, better, oh, yeah. drinking better water. Right. Like we're putting better things yeah. in our bodies, going back to Mr. Pringles. Yeah, you know? Yeah. It's right. like, yeah, I, I think that the education is there. We can Google everything, right? Yeah. And um, if yeah. you get Botox now, preserve your skin or preserve whatever. it. Yeah. Twenty-year-olds preserve well, it. They, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but right? that's what it is. I have friends that are in their twenties getting Botox. I'm yeah. like, why would you need Botox See. now? And they're like, oh, the doctor's saying preventative Botox, yeah. so I'll never get wrinkles. Right. Um, I, I, I'm still not sure where I am on that. I was like, I don't know if that makes sense. You to know, me. there hasn't been any weird cases, and it's been out for a while now. So that's it, interesting. That because mm-hmm. that should come out like after like ten years no, of a new but, product. No, right. but I feel like there haven't been any weird cases, but there have been a lot of weird faces. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so, right. So right, right, like, right, right, right. And some people get one round, they look normal, and then they get more and more and more, and then their faces like. Well, and a lot of times too, when the the younger like like eight, the teens and the twenties uh, get the Botox, they look older. Yeah, right. they look like about yeah. like they look like yeah. they go from twenty two to thirty. Yeah, and then, yeah, just they're really, like oh wow, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so true. Well, no. we'll never know. Wow, congratulations to them. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, now they're gonna have to live healthier, and I wonder how that complication too is during that pregnancy because yeah. obviously. For seventy-three-year-old woman. Well, they, I mean, they did test her to make sure she was viable. So maybe okay. she, maybe she's had like great genes for carrying children. You, you know, I, I mean, don't know. You're never, you yeah. Know, I what, wonder what the sickness is and like stuff like that. What, yeah. what country was that again? India. 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 Oh, okay. So, so we'll, we'll mm, uh, I guess we'll pay close spices. attention and find yeah. out. I love Indian food. We'll start eating Indian yes. food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Makes me sweat. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. Uh, speaking of sweating, yeah. <laughs> uh, more intense exercise is linked to a better sex life. Um, explore. 
exploratory study says. And I'm like, exploratory study. Because you look good. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> did we need a study on this? But in case we did. Um, so, of course, you know, they say aerobic exercise is good. One thing that's very important for sex is your blood flow. And the optimal amount um, of exercise for um that the CDC recommends is 150 minutes of moderate intense exercise a week or 75 minutes of vigorous exercise. And the 150 minutes could be um, just walking or light, light walking or biking. 75 minutes of vigorous exercise would be jogging or playing basketball or soccer mm-hmm. game. So that, that, that's all it takes is to yeah. improve. And so the study that they actually did came out of the Journal of Sexual Medicine. <laughs> um, and they found that men... <laughs> Journal of <laughs> Sexual Medicine. Everyone's Googling that right now. Journal of Sexual Medicine. So the, the men that can run a seven-minute seven mile pace for four and a half hours per week saw a 23% reduced um, odds of erectile dysfunction. Oh. Women who could do four hours per week of a seven-minute a seven minute mile pace had 30% reduced odds of female sexual dysfunction. So it was actually... Yeah, That's was, why. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, like, I'm good. You know, I've been running. That's what I've been running. <laughs> I've been running. <laughs> My Our circle matching, is almost closed. Right, and we have matching Fitbit, by the yeah. way. Yeah. How yeah. cute is that? That's awesome. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Do you, have you ever had clients or anyone come to you and say, this is what I specifically want to improve upon? Yeah, but as far as sexual, no, 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 I want to prove on my, no I'm saying they said I want to prove on my sex life. How do I get to that point? I haven't gotten sex life, but I've gotten sexy, yeah. which is the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, and I think when people are more connected to their body, then they feel sexy. Yeah, uh, meaning like I even like women they'll come in, and I had one client come in in the first session with her. I told her I will not work with you if you continue to put yourself down. I go, I cannot deal yeah. with this. And I said, I know this is our first session together, but I will not work with you any any prior or, or afterwards. And um, she was like, oh, my God, am I putting myself down? And I went, yeah, the whole time. It's energy, wow. too. Yeah. So once she, she made that stop, and then when we came in, everything, the whole workouts was about connection because she had no connection to her body. And this woman would sweat just on little, tiny, little trigger muscles to pull her in and get her connected. And now she's lost weight naturally because of that connection. She feels better, and she definitely feels sexier. Yeah. That is for sure. I she's picking up those men, that. I tell you. <laughs> I hear that all the time, and I've been trying to connect with my abs. Like, come on. <laughs> But there is a sexiness that you feel when you yeah. feel strong, when yeah. you feel fit. You know, especially if you like, you leave the gym. Normally, you feel like 100 percent the minute you like walk out, right? Mm -hmm. Or you have gym rage. Either way, I'm gonna kill somebody. (laughs) No, but that is true. You do feel sexier, obviously, after the gym. I remember, especially taking my, like I said, but the boot camp class I've been taking. It's like after it's just like, oh, I feel good. I just did it with those sexy people. Yeah, (laughs) so that's extra motivation if anyone was out there looking for something. Yes. One thing that I do after my workout is I use mouth wash and so I was like perturbed to read this study is that mouthwash after exercise really? might actually counter the beneficial effects of blood pressure after a workout and so they say mouthwash is actually it was a small study 15 men 8 women but they're saying that it looks like mouthwash can actually stop the synthesis of nitrates by the bacteria in the mouth and that may be linked to losing the positive effects of the workout on the blood pressure and on the circulation to the legs Mm. Mm, interesting, but question. Yeah. 
why do you uh, do you use a mouthwash every time after you work out? I've never. I mean, that's a no. Very, they have it in the gym. Amazing that you do. I know it's in, it is in the gym, but like, oh, okay. Oh, so I'm gonna use it. I'm like, oh, so it's that free. way when you talk to somebody else in <laughs> the next section. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That is true. If it's in LA, it's free. I'm going to use it. Soap. <laughs> right, that is true. Yeah, it's like I'm paying for all yes. the mouthwash. <laughs> that is true. I should take it to go. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't. You but, have. You probably have. I steal the tampons. I do. We all do. I think we do. We do extra ones, yes. I can't relate to that. But, uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, it was just surprising for me just to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, so what are you going to do now? Well, I, I'm going to limit when I use the mouthwash. I'm going to have it like a couple hours after my workout, not right away. I want oh. those benefits of the blood okay. pressure and the circulation. Okay. Uh, and, and they don't. And what the scary part is, they're not sure why this happens. They even know that your oral bacteria is linked to your heart health. We've known that for a while, mm-hmm. but they still don't know why or the process by which it's happening. Mm-hmm. So, which kind of underscored to me, there's still a lot we just don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, a, a lot of it we have to be our best line of defense. But you know, we're still waiting for science to catch up on a lot of stuff too. Mm-hmm. So I suggest everyone to keep using it so we don't have stinky breath people running around the gym well they're saying you actually want to avoid antibacterial I I don't know if there's different there are like natural mouthwashes um, but they're saying you want to avoid antibacterial mouthwash if it's not prescribed by a medical professional I wonder if it's the same for gum because if it has the same type of gum you know, because, okay, when I was, like I said, when I was doing revenge body diet, like for three and a half months straight, I wasn't, I was very strict, but I didn't chew gum specifically because my trainer even said at that time, like there's sugar in everything. If there's sugar in it, and if you know, just avoid as much as possible, like down to eating pineapples or just certain. So you didn't even chew gum? No, I just brush my teeth. Oh no, you see, know? gum is what I use when I can't have sugar because that kind of gives you a little pop but of like flavor. But it also makes you hungrier, no? I mean, oh, it depends. No. For me, it satisfies the craving. When so, you're yeah. like eating, well, you know, obviously I was like overweight, so like it reminds me of eating something. So <laughs> that was the problem. But I was really scared to chew gum for like three oh, and a half no. months. Oh no! Well, it is good not to have it during your workout because it can limit yeah. your airflow. But other than that, right. go for it. I say. <laughs> right. So I wonder if that's the same for gum then too. Yeah. I also think gum is not that great for a workout because then, like, you're doing something, you're grinding. Yes. Yeah. You know? You're like, that's extra energy that yeah. should be going to your legs. Yeah. <laughs> you're like you get some else. TMJ all up <laughs> in there. <laughs> 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 so, well, I'm going to be very careful with my mouthwash, but I was wondering for you, like, over the years, you've been at this thing, Mad TV. Were you always fit, and then did you have to adjust what you did based on the information that's out there? Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I've always been an athlete because I've been hyperactive. And, you know, I was, they told I had ADHD, and my mom was like, whatever, she's just hyperactive. <laughs> she put a huge trampoline in the backyard. She was like, just what? go. She did. That, that was, was my medicine. Yeah. Here's the Adderall. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it helped. It helped me focus on work. So even like when I'm like over back in Miami and I'll like see my nephew, my nephew was having trouble uh, focusing. And I was like, uh, give me 20. And he goes, what are you talking about? I was like, get on the floor. And give me 20, 20 push-ups. And he goes, you're so weird. I'm like, seriously. <laughs> and he did it, and they got back up, and he solved the problem. And I was like, boop. You know, because it helps. It yeah. helps. It levels everything out and stuff. But um, So, yeah, like through the years, I just, you know, kind of changed my workouts, made them more effective. Um, I think for me, it's more connection and more intention in the workouts as opposed to just going through it and, and, and just like, being like, woo, yay, or whatever. Right. Just like to be like more precise with my movements, more like squeezing a little bit more because right. the more you're connected and present, you get results faster. Yeah. So I'm always like, I don't want to spend 10 hours in the gym. You know, right. I love the gym. I love the people, but I'm like, I got other things to do. Yeah. Right. So if I can get less time more effectively, then that's that's how I do it now. Yeah. So, yeah. 
And what do you do for your like your self care routine? Um, just I know as a comic, you you're responsible for making other people happy, right? Yeah. And for making them laugh, and then as an actor, you, you know you, you got to go through the ups and downs of living in LA. How do you do that with your fitness? What do you have any go to things that you do to make sure that you're always Right, yeah, I think, you know, actually fitness is what balanced me out. Um, mm. Because as a comic, you're making people laugh and it's this beautiful joy, but you're also getting people drunk and, <laughs> you know, and you're the cause of maybe one night stands, you know, right. things like that. You're like, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> but so. Babies were conceived because of you. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> the lady in India must have watched my special. I yeah. <laughs> But fitness, what it does is it, it, you know, I went from this mic to this mic and there's still a stage, there's still lights. And what's beautiful about it is that I'm very motivational in in my classes and I, I get you out of that negative feeling thoughts and get you in a place of gratitude because I feel like we can release that through ourselves and make room right. for more great things to come in. So I really... I have this incredible like intention before I get there and I always put leave my stuff out of the door right. and the stuff that I say I'm like a conduit for this stuff and I, I'm watching these people like go hard and I'm going hard with them and I'm saying these things and I'm always like oh that was good oh, that was, <laughs> right. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna remember that you know and that's it's, amazing it's beautiful so it actually helped me so it is like my own meditation and right. on yeah. there too and I tell them they always go thank you thank you so much afterwards and I'm like thank you yeah. because Without them, right. I, I I wouldn't have a, like I wouldn't want to show up. Yeah. Like right. I didn't have a, a crowd to work with, and now that they really know me and I have a great following, they're just they're with me. I, I you know I could tell them like to do this, and they're doing it. And <laughs> that's it's so like, amazing. Yeah, like yeah. I've always I've been amazed on how like comedians just have this like perfect timing too. I yeah. think, and it's just like where do you, where does that come from? Like when you're on stage, and do you sometimes obviously you have the scripts in your head, mm-hmm. but like. Do you just freestyle and like how does it just is it just a natural thing like that it I I just think it's amazing like well, you guys I, can t- tell jokes and I learned from some great mentors right. and they're always and the same thing goes when you're even as a trainer you know you want to make sure that you have a script and right. then, but then you go off of it because once you know you have that as a go-to in your right. back pocket, then you're in the moment and you can really be in that moment because then if there's a little lack of a weird, you know, pause or something, you right. go right back to that script so you know what to do. Uh. But I love when people engage. Like people are always like, "Oh, I hate hecklers," whatever. I'm like, "Oh my god, they're the best," <laughs> <laughs> because I'm an improviser. So yeah. I amazing. love to improv. Like on Reno 911, that's why it was like my favorite show to work on. And then when I wrote, um, this is Meg, this movie that was on Hulu, um, we I wrote it in the vein of Reno 911, where it's like you have a chunk of what you need to do, the beginning, middle, and end, and then you let the players improvise in between there. And it makes it makes you listen more. It makes you more connected. It's just, and it's like you have like, it's this give and take, and you're creating together. Right, which right, is, right. So when an audience person goes out, and then you know how you create with them, and then you go to a go-to in your script and you slam them with it. Right. Everyone's like, whoa! <laughs> you know, because yeah. it seems like it was totally came out of nowhere. You know? <laughs> That's amazing. And you, yeah. you, all, you like duplicate that in the fitness room, too. Yes, yeah. totally. One time the music went out and uh, all the, the air went out, everything went out. And I just stood there for a second and I went, well, it's packed class. Like, oh. All right, guys, let's do some drills. Let's go. And every and everyone called it Zen Spin afterwards. They're like, this was amazing. Because it was all in silence. All in silence. You uh-huh. hear people going, huh, huh, huh. 
and hear the bikes going. Uh-huh. You oh, know, wow. and, and I would have them do drills, and then they have them do. Like, it was so cool. It was actually a really cool class. Would I want to do that again? Absolutely not. But. <laughs> it lived in that space. It right, was right, right. <laughs> So, yeah. like, when when you think of okay, I guess in the personal life, are you like naturally funny? You, th- you find everything funny, and you just like you know, I don't know. I just think comedians. So obviously, you have to be lighthearted to think about those jokes and find amusement and like little things. You know what I mean? Well, it's funny because. It's the opposite. We go dark and then we make it funny. Mm. So when you see something, you're like, oh, like that. You immediately go, oh, and then you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. Yeah. So the more real and the darker it is, the actual better joke it is. Um, wow. Because you're able, I, I find. I find the funny in it as a healing process. Right. So even like um, as a comic, I, like my first like five years, I did a lot of impressions because of Mad TV, yeah. and that's what I kind of lived behind. Right. And then as you start to have more experiences in life, and I got a little older, then you're like, oh, I should talk about that, but I'm scared to talk about that. And then when you start talking about it, it becomes your best jokes because mm-hmm. everyone can relate to that, and they're like. Oh my gosh! And you're able to—it's almost a healing process right. in the same time because you're seeing them laugh, they're healing, you're healing, and that's why I always say the stage is the therapy. You yeah. know, for for comics, it, it is our therapy, right? Yeah. And then I read that you were also the first Latin American on Mad TV, which is amazing. Yes. That was like, yeah, thank you, thank you. That was really cool. That was really. Why cool. do you think that? Okay, so when the Latin American community of comedians, how do you? Why do you think there's a lack? Or of that in on Mad TV, or was it just not as popular then for for Latin Americans to be comedians? You know what I mean? I think I, I came I came in. A, you know, I started doing stand up twenty years ago. Oh I was a kid. I was like a baby. I know. And um, I I you know there wasn't many females. There was only like and very a female too, and, yeah. and very charactery. They yeah. were very very character. And I look like a white girl, so mm-hmm. they're like, "What right. are you?" <laughs> right. You know, and, yeah. That's Got why I, I, that's why I made my special white Latina because it's like the minute I put hoops on and I put they're like darker like a, lips, and I thought oh, okay. like these, they're like, "Oh, who are you?" So stupid. Um, but yeah, there wasn't many. Um, like our role, my role models were like Ellen and and uh, and you know Brett Butler and Phyllis Diller and uh, wow. Joe. Rivers, like so, there wasn't these all. Now there's a ton of beautiful girls that yeah. are doing right, stand up. Right. Um, I don't agree with all the material because it was <laughs> like, course, okay, yes, dude, yeah. like seriously, like, yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. like come on. Um, but yeah, so I had to really uh, kind of find my voice and find my my rhino skin because all the guys were like, "What are you doing here? Like, right. what is this?" And now I'm one of the guys and everything. But right. in the Latin market, to answer that question, either there is still not a lot, which is really bizarre. Um, we're still not 100% because they want, if they ask for Latin, they kind of want that stereotype oh, of Latin. Look. Yes. And Magic. it's like, okay, we have like we have J-Lo, we have Shakira, we have like people that are breaking through a little bit, and it's right. hoping the door's a little bit, but we're still not there yet. Yeah. We're still not there, so it's... Um, that, that's why for me, I went to more producing and whatever, because I'm like, I'm not going to rely on you guys mm-hmm. yeah. to make it happen for me. Like, I've had success, which I'm really grateful for, and I've continued to be able to be an actor in this business. But at the same time, you go, I want to see my future, and I want to be in charge of my future. So, and create. Yeah, yeah, and create. So, and, yeah. and right now, you're working on Witness Infection? Oh, my gosh. The best. <laughs> I can't wait for you guys to see this movie. It's a comedy horror film. I comedy wrote it. Horror. Yes. And oh I wrote it with God. another, he's a white Latino. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's Carlos 
Salas Rocky from Reno 911. He's also nice. Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life, and he is hilarious. And we used to tour together for like four years. We tour, and he's like my brother. He was my brother on screen, right. on stage. He's awesome. And so we wrote this comedy horror because we love horror movies. Like we just <laughs> love them. And we shot it. We have like this amazing cast, like Aaron Hayes, Rob Belushi, uh, Tara Strong, and Maurice Lamarche. Oh, like wow. it's like Halle Wartel. Like it's an amazing cast and right. like our dream cast. Yeah. And um and we shot it, funded it, made it happen. Um, and now it's in post, and so we'll be starting screenings in October, awesome. and then hopefully, hopefully it'll be like one of those sleeper successes. Right, like, right. We're calling it like the Shaun of the Dead for the American public. Like nice, it's yeah. that kind of like a fun ride, and oh, oh, I can't wait for you guys to see it. it. Yes. I think the, last, yes. the last thing I saw was like maybe scary movie was like a comedy horror. Did like, you? What yeah, did you see? Like scary the movie, oh, scary, scary movie. movie. Oh, yes, movie. yeah. So it's more like I would say more like Scream. Where there's, oh, it's funny, twist. but it's really scary. Oh, right? okay. It's really frightening. Um, and then this is the best way I could describe it. Because when I saw the first cut, I was sitting there in the screening room and I went, oh my God. And you felt it. I felt it. And I went, this is like if John Hughes made a horror film. Oh, nice. And for all the young kids out there, John Hughes is like 16 Candles, Breakfast Club. <laughs> it's like that kind of feel where there's so much heart. But then it's like really funny and then really scary. And then legit scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We're really looking forward to that. Yeah. And then this is Meg. You can get that on Amazon Prime now? Yeah, you can get it on Amazon Prime now. And we just like relaunched another platform's going to be picking it up. That one just, it's like a little tiny film that I made. And I was, I just wanted to do it because I wanted to tell the story. Um, so many people ask me, what is it like to be a female comedian? Yeah. And I and, uh, and so this director came to me and he was like, let's do like something like based on your life. And he starts pitching these ideas. And I'm like, mm, I don't want to do that. What I want to do is show the relationships that you have in Los Angeles when you're a female comedian. And I said, that I think is the most important. So I took the dynamic of like Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. And you know how like Seinfeld, he was the through line, but then all the people that came in, it was really about them when they came in. And so that's what I did. And the greatest thing is that I called my friends that I've worked with on different uh, shows and um, film. And I said, hey, uh, if I wrote you something, would you show up? And they went, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I was able to write it. I wrote them with a, in mind, and I created these characters for them, and everyone had a blast. That's like, awesome. we had, it was, and so from then, I was like, all right, you know what? I know how to make some money as a doing independent film, and eventually I would, yes, studio is where I want to go, but I was like, Let's do it. And then that's why Carlos came to me and we did the comedy horror. So it's the next level. This is way bigger budget. There's also that joy of just being able to know I can produce and create my vision and have it be something that I want. Yeah. Yeah. But it's very, like, if you guys watch it, it's very raw indie. Like, I even pulled all the music out. I wanted scenes to sit a little longer because I wanted to feel the awkwardness of what it's like to be like. There's there's music, but a lot of it's pulled out. So it's one of those, like, anxiety type of Yes. I get anxiety. Uh, Yeah. Oh my God, it just happened already. What is it? What is going on? It makes comedy better, too. When comedy's a train wreck and there's silence, it's kind of cool. It hits hard. Yes, you're like, (laughs) So what are the challenges you go through as a woman, like a comedian? Like, what? I mean, do you, you know, obviously you said earlier that you were, being Latina American and uh, Mad TV, you were also one of the few women that was a comedian? Yes. Was it different? Like, the men treated you differently? Or did you have to, like, okay, let me show you how much funnier I am or why I belong here? You know, like, for yeah. 
I think absolutely because I, 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 if you guys have noticed, there's a trend with these beautiful women coming on as comics now that they're very sexy and they're just yeah, all not I have, sexy. I have noticed. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's true. And it's and it's a little frustrating, but I go okay, whatever. You know, that's but you're fine. You're sexy and hot, so yes. but but that's what happened. So when I first got into you know stand up and was in the, on the road, it was all that hitting on you and and that all that mm. sexist stuff, and you're just like. You know, just because I say foul stuff on stage or right. I, I'm edgy or whatever yeah. doesn't give you the right to do that to me. So right. I'm very clever, even though it's edgy. Right. It's a clever way of doing it. Yeah. Um, so I've really tried hard to be that for women and to show you that you can be funny without being raunchy. Yeah. You know, there's mm-hmm. a difference of edgy and raunchy. You know, there's the go-to, which we all know how to make people laugh. That's not the, the yeah. mission. The mission is for make people think. Yeah. You have to say, have a voice right. and say something. Yeah. Yes. So um, I applaud them because, you know, they're getting great stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm all about supporting women. But it doesn't – hopefully they'll hit a certain point where they're like, okay, now that I've made my mark here, I have a voice. Yeah. Now yeah. this is where I'm – so, yeah, so it is – it's a still – there's a frustration still. And now that I'm a little bit older, there's more respect. But it's still right. – it's, it's still, still there. Yeah. 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 What are you going to do I just yeah. like, just use it in your comments. Yeah. Like this guy just hit on me back yeah. Yeah. again. Again. Okay. Yeah. Next. Uh, get him off tour. <laughs> Seriously. Oh man. Even but, the girls now. Hello. Uh, yeah. You're like, wait, but you're straight. I don't care. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. You never know. Hey. 2019. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we got to do our Fit Club Five, where we oh ask you five rapid fire questions. Oh my god, this is so nerve wracking. And you just say, "What's on your mind?" <laughs> All right. Oh my god, it's rocky. <laughs> Let me know when we're ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Last person you text. My sister. Dream dinner guest. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the last meal that you had. Oh, that's, that's totally <laughs> the last meal I had. Oh, polenta and uh, mushrooms and onions with uh, spaghetti sauce. Oh, she's legit. Wow. Right? That's healthy. Okay. I'm surprised it's not squashed like some pasta. But favorite junk food. French fries. Mm. Oh, if you were on death row, what would be your last meal? On death row? Um, well, if I'm going to die, Burn I might as well. Burn up the death row. If, you... if I'm death row, I might as well go out with a stomach ache and I'll say mac and cheese. I don't even eat cheese, <laughs> yeah. but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. The last one. <laughs> and I have one for you, actually. Thank favorite you. impression that you've done? My favorite um, is Drew Barrymore. She's oh. my favorite. Do you guys? Oh, want I can it? hear. I can do, hear. Do we get a little Drew? Can we get some? I am so excited. To oh be here. my god! I mean, you guys gave me water and an energy drink. I mean, this is incredible. Oh Thanks. my god! <laughs> you guys are listening on iTunes. That was Drew. She just came in real quick. Oh my god, that was incredible. Thank you guys. So much. <laughs> I got to thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. Thank You're you awesome. Fun. <laughs> you guys are awesome. As always, my name is Shaka Smith. You guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong. Where can they find you, Miss Ranella? You guys can find me on Ranella Rocks, R-A-N-E-L-L-A-R-O-C-K-S on Instagram, also Twitter, and just Google Ranella. I don't think there's a lot of Ranellas in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and where can they find you? They can find me at Jilly Online on all social media platforms, and then JillyOnline.com. And then, guys, make sure if you go to JillyOnline.com, you'll see all my stuff with a white Latina, and get all Amazon Prime members. It's free for you guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. See you guys next week. 
On behalf of our PHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined.